0: You're listening to the audio podcast of the Weekly Message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. A scripture reading from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. They presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and laid their hands on them." A scripture reading from 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Here is a trustworthy saying, if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Deacons, likewise, are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons the Word of God for the people of God.
1: Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this opportunity to be together on this day. I give thanks to you for finding out that that your church has decided that I'm worthy of ordination. And I want to ask your grace, O Lord, to share with you the story of that ordination and in that way to explain to your people the teachers among them. Amen. Amen. I did have that wonderful news. I learned that I'd lied to myself. (laughs) I've told some of you this. Um, I was convinced when I went before the Board of Ordained Ministry for my final examinations that whatever the decision would be, positive, that they would approve me for ordination, or that they would not approve me for ordination, that that would be okay. That would be God's will and I would continue in ministry in some way. And then when I received the call that they had decided to ordain me, I was ecstatic and I realized that I would not have been that way had the call gone the other way. (laughs) We learn about ourselves in ministry. But in talking that over, Pastor Sarah and I talked over that in these next few weeks we can talk about ministry. Um, we can talk about deacons as I'll do this morning because uh, they're relatively new to the Methodist Church as a as separate order. We'll talk about elders next uh, Sunday. Pastor Sarah will talk about being an elder um, or as we heard in today's uh, gospel reading an overseer. And then on the third Sunday we'll talk about your ministry, the ministry of the laity. Because all of us as Christians by virtue of our baptism are called to be ministers. We are all called. Uh, We're called to bring God's good news into the world. And we're called to do that uh, as laity, as deacons, as elders, to do that in a ministry that is with the three of us, if you will, all equal. Not one is superior to the other. this means that each one of us is to go into the world to show the world what God's love looks like that's ministry now our United Methodist discipline calls this the unity of ministry in Christ we are all united in that ministry and here's what our discipline says that together we are summoned and sent by Christ to live and work together in mutual interdependence and to be guided by the spirit into the truth that frees, and the love that reconciles. We're to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, as Paul tells us, while we're all called to ministry, we all have different gifts. Some have the gifts to teach, some have the gifts to heal, some have the gifts to lead, some have the gifts to give, some have the gifts of time, some have the gifts of wisdom, and those gifts can be recognized in our ministry. So today we'll talk about a deacon, and the deacon, odd and wondrous calling, or as one of my teachers said, this inconvenient calling. Word, service, and the deacon is for justice and compassion. The deacon is the people on either side, and you see all three, the elder in the center and the two deacons, all three have the stole of office. And the stole of office for the elders, Pastor Sarah wears, is the yoke around both shoulders. But the stole of the deacon is different. It's worn over the shoulder from the left to the right. I will not put this on because I'm not authorized to. I'm not ordained. After I'm ordained, I'll be able to wear this. But it would be the same sort of color that Pastor Sarah's wearing. Today it's green. So this is the deacon's stole. And see how it's different. It is patterned this way to show service. The idea is that the right hand is free. Also, it is to remember the towel that Jesus Christ wrapped around him at the foot washing. Because the deacon's signs, if you will, is the pitcher and the bowl to wash feet for service. Many denominations have deacons. Um, in some denominations, um, they are a, a, way stay, a step on the way to being a fully ordained priest or elder. It was that way in the Roman Catholic Church for many years. It's that way in the Orthodox churches. Other churches like the United Methodist and now the Roman Catholic, deacons can be a separate order with separate ministries than the elder or the priest. And in other denominations, the elder is elected by the congregation to work in various ways in that church. The United Methodist Deacon, as an ordained separate ministry, is relatively new. It began only in 1996. Before that, there were deaconesses. How many of you have heard of the deaconess hospitals? Those are Methodist hospitals that were staffed by women who had devoted themselves to the Ministry of Nursing and in the church they were called deaconesses. Men who wanted to do that were called lay servants. In 1996 they were recognized as a separate order. They came in and became deacons and the deaconate was created as a separate separate ministry in the United Methodist Church. There aren't too many deacons today. In the Virginia Conference, we have a total of 1,602 ministers. Of these, 958 are active in ministry. The others are retired. So 958 ministers, that's 958 elders, 958 provisionals, which have not yet been ordained. 958 includes the lay speakers and the lay, uh, the lay ministers. Of those 958 ministers in active ministry in the Virginia Conference we have 32 deacons. Of those 32 deacons, 5 are commissioned, that is in the process to be ordained, and you're looking at 20% of those (laughs) 5 deacons. There aren't too many deacons in in our service. So We're still relatively new. Where do deacons come from? We heard in today's scripture the first mention of deacons in acts and there the apostles had a problem people were being treated unfairly in the family of christ the hellenistic jews that is really foreigners had come in joining as christians with those who were homegrown and people were being treated unfairly how to fix it the apostles basically delegated the task to these seven deacons who would wait on tables. That began the idea of service, of waiting on tables, really on providing a work of compassion to those who are hungry, and a work of justice to those who are being unfairly treated. So it is scriptural. And who were these deacons? Who were they supposed to be? If you heard the requirements They were to be, quote, of good standing, full of the Spirit, and of wisdom. And Paul, in providing his guidance to Timothy in his ministry, that was our second reading, talked about deacons as being worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine. Well, nobody's perfect, but. And not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested. And then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. These requirements really haven't changed much. To be tested. Pastor Sarah, as an elder, was tested. I've been tested. And the tests are important. Ordination in the United Methodist Church is serious business. Whether you're a deacon or an elder, you go through the same tests to determine if you're truly called and set apart in ministry. First, your local congregational leadership has to affirm your claim to a call to ministry. With that, at a charge conference, with that, you go then to prepare, usually about a year of discernment and then you go before the District Board of Ordained Ministry, the District Committee, and they will test you to see whether or not you are grounded enough to be recommended for a opportunity to be a provisional. I had to take two years to do that. Then, to become a provisional, you have to respond in written writing to uh, questions about theology, about your call, about leadership, and about your, your abilities to do the work. And that testing, the Board of Ordained Ministry will call you in for oral examination. That's at the board level, at the conference level. If you pass that, you become a provisional minister, in my case a provisional deacon. Minimum of three years of being a provisional before you're allowed to even apply for ordination. During those three years, you're to demonstrate that you can have the call, pursue the call, and be a minister as expected in the United Methodist Church. Once you do that, you again are tested through written and oral examinations on theology, leadership, your call, and your practical abilities. Um, that took me four years. In the meantime you're to get an education usually through seminary which be three four or five years and there's other ways in the Methodist tradition of doing that that's a five-year program. You're tested. Then if the board approves you for ordination at the, you would be recommended to the annual conference and at the annual conference I will be there and all of the existing ordained elders and deacons like Pastor Sarah must then vote when I am examined on certain questions. The bottom line is am I, is anyone in this process equipped to be a minister who's dedicated their lives to the service of the church? It's to be tested. What do deacons do First, the deacon, like the elder, is set apart for ministry. And we do that with our ordination and with our liturgical vestments. And here's what our discipline says a deacon is supposed to do. Those who respond to God's call to lead in service, word, compassion, and justice, and equip others for this ministry through teaching, proclamation, and worship, and who assist elders in the administration of the sacraments are ordained as deacons. Uh, Would somebody please tell me what that means? (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Well, actually what it is is really neat. Deacons are to build bridges. We are ordained to bring the church into the world, the world into the church. We're ordained to lead by example and by teaching others how to do that. There are deacons who are in education. There are deacons who are in music ministry. There are deacons who are lawyers. There are deacons who are in the medical profession. Deacons are, can be outside the church, but what they're doing is ministering. What they're doing is leading by the example of what Jesus Christ can be in that job of teaching, of being in the healthcare profession, of being a lawyer. And then also deacons in the church are to help lead people in their ministry out into the world. Building bridges is is the phrase we use for, for what the deacon is and does. One important difference. As a deacon, I have to find where my abilities and gifts meet the needs of the world. So I have to find my own position. Pastor Sarah, as an elder, has her position given to her by the church itself. Elders are given uh, uh, charges that they are to be in and to do their ministry in. Deacons, we've got to find it. We've got to follow our calling. Now, as many of you know, I began as a um, caregiver, as somebody who knows about caregiving, who works with the sick and the elderly and those who are grievously ill and their caregivers and those who are dying. And I was doing that before I even joined the church. So now the question is, okay, why did you go through all of this to do what you were doing anyhow? It was the same question the Board of Ordained Ministry asked me. Why are you doing this? Two words, accountability and affirmation. As a minister, as an ordained minister, I am accountable to the connection. Other ministers are with me, I make promises, and they are there to help me keep those promises and to make sure that I do. To be the ones I have to be accountable for, so i 'm accountable to the laity to those I serve, and i 'm accountable to the other ministers with whom I serve that 's important if I claim to have a call, then I should be accountable for that call and that 's affirmation as well for when i 'm ordained, the bishop will place her hands on my head and call down the Holy Spirit in a ceremony and ritual that's as old as Peter and the apostles laying hands on the first deacons. That's an affirmation. So those are the reasons that I have chosen to, to go down a relatively difficult path. Um, and uh, one that I've been able to get down, not just on my own accord, couldn't have done that, would have quit years ago um, and gone back to drinking more wine. But I've done that because of people like my wife, Marcia, and by people like other ministers, like Pastor Sarah, and people, well, not like you, but people who are you, who have been with me on this trail, as well as the many people in connection who have helped me. So what will then happen at the end, when I'm ordained, before I'm ordained, I will have to answer 19 historic questions that's asked of every minister in the United Methodist Church. Um, You can Google them, or I can give them to you later. They're very interesting, but they began with, do you have the love of Jesus Christ? And there are 19 questions that John Wesley developed and asked of his first ministers. And they're questions that take me through a call through my ability to minister, through my ability to take care of myself, and the ability to take care of others? They're very interesting questions. We are all called in service. We're all called in service differently. I thank God that I'm called in service to be a deacon. And I thank you for being with me on this path. Amen.